Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. But today we're talking about community, ladies and gentlemen. It's this hidden secret. It's the little-known secret behind lots of traffic. And we've got an amazing guest here, Giovanni Marcico from Archangel, that's going to be talking about how he's been able to create a community and there is going to be tips galore here for you, the Perpetual Traffic listener, to be able to create your own community and get tons of traffic to your business and develop a brand that really changes the world. And that's exactly what Archangel does here. So pretty excited to have him on. I'm alongside my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. How are you, buddy? Living the dream, Ralph. Every day. Every, every day. day. Yeah. Every day is a dream. Well, today's Friday. So, you know, TGIF, and it's not often that we do a, a podcast on a Friday, but for this, this guy today, we made yeah. that exception. So anyway, like you, you actually spoke at his conference. Tell us a little bit about Archangel and, and why we're pumping this guy up so much on perpetual traffic. Yeah, it was amazing. I'll say I'm, I'm not an affiliate. I'm a fan. I got to, to speak at the Changemaker event in Toronto and... It was the most unique event I've ever been to. And that's saying a lot because I've been to a lot of events that I love. I love TNC. I love Affiliate Summit. But all of those are very transactional in construct. You know, you get on stage, you do your talk, you get off stage. If you're an attendee, you go to talks, you watch the talk, maybe you ask some questions. There's a VIP booth and there's the, the, the after party. And it's all structured in a, in a really consistent, really kind of cliche way. Changemaker was... It was a community is what it felt like. And I'm try just trying to find a better word than that. But that's the one that we've got. So that's the one that I'm going with. Like what was happening on stage was important, but it wasn't the most important thing. And they just found this, this really amazing way to, to make it feel like you were having an experience the entire time, regardless of where you were. And the person on stage also wasn't the most important person, which that frustrated me since I was on stage. But that, <laughs> just kidding. Dude, it was amazing. It was amazing. And, you know, Gio, the, the, the man behind the scenes, he's a super connector. And when I saw, I mean, the, the biggest names in marketing are, they look up to him. You know what I mean? And they, they sort of were taken, you know, and I've, I've seen it go the other way too, to where anybody hitting the stage is sort of bowed to and thank you so much for being here. And everybody was like, oh, Gio, thanks, thanks for having me again. So he's just found a way to flip the whole event thing, community thing on its head. And then the last thing I'll say before I stop just pandering is I, it was very gracious of them to invite me to their, their mastermind as a guest the day before the event. And the mastermind, dude, same thing, same story. It was just, it was, you know, I've been to every mastermind on the planet. I'm a big fan of all of them. I think they're absolutely worth joining. Digital Marketer has a phenomenal mastermind with M3. This was one of the most unique masterminds I've ever been a part of. It didn't feel like we were just there you know, it wasn't just marketing, just business, just money. It was 
it was unique in construct. And I think that speaks to why we want Geo to talk to our audience, because I think community is the most important thing a business can build. And I personally don't know anybody better at community building than Geo. Fabulous. Well, before we introduce the man himself and the nugget that he's going to drop on the perpetual traffic listener, we have a little news of our own, don't we? The we famous folks. Bro. Yeah, the LinkedIn folks love us. Yeah. So LinkedIn just published the 15 best podcasts for modern marketers. And we're listed as number six, but I, I believe in my heart that they think we're number one. It wasn't alphabetical. Was I, it? I was just reading in between the lines. Like I, there's is. some nuance and some subtleties to this that I can tell, you know, maybe, yeah, the, the, the structure is what it is, but I think that we're number one, but even top 15 marketing podcasts, you know, according to LinkedIn, I think is a pretty good little feather in our cap. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I remember definitely in there with some heavy hitters and uh, yeah, I mean, we could tell you to, to try and give you folks the goods here, which is exactly what we want to do today and, and stop talking about ourselves, talk about you and your business and how we can help you grow. Really excited to have Giovanni Marcico on today from Archangel. Welcome to Perpetual Traffic. And do you have a little nugget that you might be able to drop here for the perpetual traffic listener that uh, might help them scale and grow their business. I do. And thank you for first having me. And that was the best podcast intro I've ever had. So thank you both. So much fun. I'll call this the PS pitch and I'm crediting Cosm for coming up with this name. And the, the nugget is that I, I was sick and tired of sending out email broadcast to our community because we, we focus so much on relationship and community and having people unsubscribe because there was a lot of either promotional messaging or announcements. And I felt like I was always asking and I shifted the paradigm to be always giving or gifting where every message was a gift to the audience in terms of a, a nugget or a piece of value or a story that allowed them to go further down their own mission path. But every single message will have a PS saying, by the way, and then we could promote something or we can announce something or we can offer them or let them know on something that's happening, like an event or a webinar or a product. And the unsubscribes went way down. But more importantly, the number of people replying to the email saying, thank you so much for sending this. I needed this today. Or this email changed my life is how we know it's really been working. So that's my nugget for today. Can you give us an example of what, like, what, what was the one that the, the woman actually wrote you a letter on? I don't know if you recall it, but like, even that one would be great. But like, what would an example of that be? Because the PS is any email marketer probably knows is the section of the email that people read the most. So like we put our pitch in there at the, at the very end, a couple, and we even do a PSS in there, but like, what, what's the content? Can you give us any examples sure. of stuff that you've used? One of the ideas was how to double your pricing, offering the exact same service if you don't feel confident around it. So if you're if if you want to raise pricing because you know you have to because you know you you've put in the reps and you have success stories and you still feel anxious about the new price level, I gave them a step-by-step -step instruction of how to do it without feeling anxious. And that was in and of itself a, a game changer. That's I'm I'm I have to know now. Like this, there's a whole new podcast <laughs> yeah, episode here. Loop. Yeah. yeah, but but to close this loop, Gio, what's the what was the PS? So like you gave them this thing that's great. Do you remember what the ask was at the end? 
Oh, it's always different and it's always based on whatever is happening in our world that we want people to know about. So it might be, P.S., we have an event coming up called Archangel Changemaker. Here's where you can get info. Or P.S., I'm launching a new program in the fall that's going to help you go from A to B and we're looking for five more people that want to join this program. Or P.S., stay tuned for something big that's happening next week. So it's always an invitation or an announcement and it never feels like it is because the the core energy of the of the message in the body of it is a gift to them. I love that. I'm going to steal that. Now, is that typically alongside you know, a content-rich email, or is it typically a pitch email with another pitch at the end, or is it does it matter what the previous content is? The anything above the signature is content, or or a story, or a nugget, or something tactical. Always a gift. Always a gift. Always a gift. I call it gift gifted marketing. Well, that's a good segue into what we're going to be talking about here today, because that's sort of kind of how you've built your community. And, you know, for you, the listener out there, says, well, here they go again, talking about community and the importance of it. And I've got 21 connections on LinkedIn and five friends on Facebook, and I'm just starting out. Well, we're going to give you a step-by-step, blow-by-blow as to how Gio was able to do it on today's show. So stick around. We're going to get into the interview with Gio Marcico right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are here with Giovanni Marcico from Archangel. And today's conversation, we're going to be going through community building as a way in which to scale and grow businesses. But this is a different type of traffic generation. It really is. It's in, But maybe even most importantly, at the very end, we're going to get into Gio's nugget in the intro and how you actually do double your pricing. <laughs> so stick around for that the very end of the show here today. So oftentimes we have a, a guest on the show, he goes through sort of their background and, but 
I think your background actually has a lot to do with what we want to talk about here today. So how did you get started? How did this whole idea of community building and, you know, the, the Changemaker Conference and everything sort of come together? I'll share the origin story. And I use that phrase specifically because I love superheroes. And in grade school, I moved, our family moved around a lot. I was always a new kid and was often bullied. And one year, fifth grade, the school did IQ testing and I scored super high and I was labeled as gifted. And then once a week, I would go to a different school for gifted classes. And when I got back to my main school, they would bully me and make fun of me and threaten me for being smart. It was a really weird thing. And I I hated the word gifted. It was the thing that made me stand out and wouldn't allow me to fit in until high school where I discovered, like I was into Marvel comics and Spider-Man and Iron Man. And then I discovered the X-Men. And the very first book I opened, I saw Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. And there was that word again, but now it meant superpower. And it changed my life at like 16 years old to think, oh, this thing that's been a curse is actually a gift. And that's kind of the whole X-Men story. So in high school, I would tell people, when I grow up, I want to lead a team of superheroes. And they all laughed. And I thought, that's nice, but I'm going to do that. And at the same time, the curse of always being the new kid allowed me to figure out how to get people to like me and how I can like them and how I can get along with everybody to the point where at 17, I started throwing these teenage dance parties. So dance parties for teenagers that were safe, no alcohol, no drugs, just a cool place to dance. Our first event had a thousand kids and no way. we just went up from there. So at you know, 18, 19, by 20 years old, we were doing 5,000 people a week on this weekly party thing. And my nickname was Johnny Angel back then because I wouldn't touch a drug or get drunk. So that, and by the way, my elementary school where I got bullied was St. Gabriel the Archangel. And my high school where I started my business was St. Michael the Archangel. (laughs) So that's what got me into building community and and falling in love with bringing people together and giving them a safe space to show up and and smile. And I've been doing that my whole life. And that's where all of this started and stemmed from. And now, today, I lead a team of real-life superheroes. So to all those people in high school who thought I was an idiot, look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> look at me now. What a great origin story. And I love that Archangel's been, like, following you. You know, it's just been... My whole life. Yeah. She's been chasing you until you found it. That's awesome. Yeah. So the so the idea for your community, so how did you... You, you did the dance parties, obviously. You're like, all right, I can create community. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. How did you, like, what were the steps that you took? And, and the idea of just community and sort of what your business is all about is sort of the, you know, the hero and the story and the whole hero's journey to, to a certain degree. Like, tell us a little bit more about that and the generation of where you're at right now. So after university, I started working at different places. The last job I ever had was running the marketing at a place called Strategic Coach, which is run by Dan Sullivan, who's one of the smartest coaches on the planet. And I fell in love with entrepreneurship and started my own marketing coaching business after that. And that led me into the real estate space because one of my clients was doing that and I helped her blow up her business and it, it went really well. So we partnered on the real estate side. I made a ton of money and hated it. But when I was doing the real estate it afforded me the chance to start investing in myself and joining mastermind groups and going to as many conferences as I could. And the first big one was Joe Polish's Genius Network back in 2012 and a bunch of other groups. And I had the weird experience that I did in in elementary school, feeling like I loved the people I was meeting, but I never felt like I fit in. 
because a lot of the conversation was strictly about how do we build a business or how do we make more money? And I also wanted to talk about how do we help a lot more people and how do we create a bigger impact? So the, the need I had or, or the, the challenge I faced was I felt like I was alone or an alien on a different planet. And I thought, I need to find more aliens. I want to find more people like me that feel the same way where money isn't evil. It's not a bad thing. It's actually an amazing thing. Let's actually make a ton more money. But to almost redefine the word millionaire to mean I've helped a million people. And I've made a, a ton of money doing that. And I started seeking people like me and started finding the other aliens and said, hey, you know what I'm good at? I'm good at bringing aliens together because my gift or one of my gifts and superpowers is connection and curation. And I realize most people don't have the same thing. And I can become a matchmaker to people who want to be around other people like them. And started doing this slowly, just finding other people like me and realizing how powerful it was to have them in the same room, even if it was two other people. And that's how the Archangel thing slowly started until our first event. Gio, you mentioned something that Dean Jackson taught you that helped you launch your business. What was that? Well, I met him at Genius Network and we're incredible friends now. And he said one thing that changed my life back then. This is before my business started. And he said, how would things change if you had to deliver the result before you got paid? How would your offer change? How would your promise change if you had to deliver the results before you got paid? And I had that line in my head for years. And our first event for Archangel was January 2014. So my, my pitch, and this is to people who I started connecting with. I didn't really know them that well. And I thought, okay, this is my invitation. The ticket for this event at the time was like 500 bucks or something, which I'm laughing at now compared to other stuff that we've done. But you know, the, the ticket is 500. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to spend a whole day teaching you all my best marketing stuff. And it's at this awesome church venue. However, don't pay me. Just RSVP and commit to coming. And then only pay me after the event if you think it was worth it. Wow. We had 120 people Serious? show up. Yeah. So I took all the risk, you know, from risk reversal from a marketing perspective. We had 120 people, almost all of them paid. And that's how the brand started. And that's how this whole ball got rolling because I over delivered, like I went crazy on the experience and over delivering and making people like, like wowing them while they were there. And not just wowing them from the stage, but wowing them from each other. And what I realized that is that, you know, why do people actually go to events? It's yes to learn and they'll show up with the reason of, of, you know, I want to see that speaker or I want to solve this problem, but they will keep coming back for the community. And the community component to me is even more important. It's just sometimes hard to start with that. But if you give them a hook that gets them there and then you intentionally give them opportunity to connect with each other, they will say it's the best event ever. And they'll always have an anchor of that memory of when they met the people they connected with. So when people think of me now, they don't just think of me. They think of the 30 people that they met at one of my experiences. And that's how the business took off. And this is during real estate. So it was, a, I hate the phrase side hustle, but it was a a part-time thing or another full-time thing in in the midst of my other full-time thing. And then 
by 2016, real estate felt like a really bad marriage and Archangel felt like I met my soulmate. So I had to stop the real estate stuff and go all in on this project. And that's when we started planning and producing our large scale events. I, we need to go back just real quick to that quote that Dean gave you. How would your offer change if you had to deliver the results before you got paid? First of all, that's it's a brilliant paradigm shift. But second of all, I think for every listener that we have, if you think about the way you articulate your offer, what the hook is, what the promise is, what the sales conversation is like, it, that, asking that question changes everything. It changes everything. It changes the customers that you bring on. You know, it might even change the way that you price. I really love that. I think that's a writer downer and, and everybody should spend at least an hour just sort of noodling on, man, if I had to give them what they're buying first and actually deliver fully on the results, and, and that's easier for some businesses than others, it, it changes the game entirely. I think it's brilliant. Even if you can't do it, to go through the thought exercise first, right. to see how it changes the energy mm -hmm. of, of the language you're using and how you're making the promise, it, it is game changing. It even just shifts the paradigm to what more you could potentially offer to create even greater value. Like even if you don't go all in the way that you did it, I was like, what? You got 120 people? Like, you know, we didn't, we didn't rehearse this. So I can't think of anyone who's ever done that. I mean, there's like that pay for what you think is valuable model. I forget which software it is. We actually did that on a, on a customer's. I know it was sort of a big thing, but this is like an event. There is physical, there is time, there is money, like event venues are not cheap. You know what I mean? Like there is significant capital investment and you're just laying it all out on the line for 120 people. Like that's ballsy. Well, I have a, I have a philosophy that is, I think, counterintuitive, where my philosophy is that marketing is everything that happens after somebody pays you. Most people define marketing as the thing that gets someone to pay you or the thing that brings someone to the table so you can sell them to or pitch them or enroll them into working with you. And I hear very little focus on creating a mind-blowing experience after someone pays you to create ambassadors. Because if, if you're doing something remarkable, if you're doing something that blows people's minds, they naturally want to talk about you. And that marketing is better than any, I think, cold traffic, because you know we all respect each other's word of mouth way more than hearing from someone we don't know. So if, if, if you're allocating a part of your marketing budget, or maybe even a big part, to how do we blow our customers' minds? How do we make a promise and then way over-deliver on that promise to the point where it feels like a memorable experience, where you're infusing not just you know the, the problem-solving or the service that you do, but the actual experience of their journey and, and making them feel safe and cared for and loved and going way above and beyond on that component, how does that affect your brand and how does that affect people talking about you positively where it actually elevates their status to tell someone about you brian chesky the the ceo and founder of airbnb i heard an interview from him once that's always stuck with me and i always sort of go back to it whenever we're like next week we have our leadership meeting and day one is like what can we do better like what services can we offer how can we deliver more value we will have the financial CFO talk on day two. But the point is, it's like, let's brainstorm and figure this out. And he goes through a thought process. It's almost like 
the feeling I'm getting just talking to you right now is the same feeling I got when I listened to Brian Chesky say, how can you describe like a level one all the way to, I think he goes to a level 11, which is very convenient for us because we're tier 11, but like of the experience for Airbnb, like level one is, you know, you show up, the key works, you walk in, you have a place to stay. Level two is, okay, you show up, you walk in, they know that you surf. So there's a surfboard there. There's your favorite wine that's on the countertop. That's level two. Level three is you have somebody who, you know, you have the surfboard. Then you have surf lessons on day two provided for you and on and on and on and on. And he goes all the way through this. And it's an interesting thought experiment because what you're focusing on is deliverance of value and not like the transaction itself. And just going through that thought process and I've had my team go through it. And now talking to you today, which is very convenient. We're going to be talking about it more next week is a good, is so instructive because at the end of the day, it's like, if you're just delivering like level one service, like anybody could do that. You know what I mean? And he says, well, you know, Marriott does that. It's a clean room. You have a place to stay. Great. But that's not why people choose Airbnb. They choose it for the experience and it, they now have Airbnb experiences, you know, that sort of go down that road where it's like the whole thing. Like they actually did this for this guy in London where he basically had an entire week. Everything was planned out by Airbnb. It was like the level 11 experience. They don't offer that for everyone, but somewhere in between is where you should probably be as a business. I just said something that I, I want to encapsulate you and I don't want to misquote you because I'm actually live tweeting some of this right now. <laughs> I want to get it right. But I think you said, how do you market or not even that? How do you make it so that when people tell others about you, it elevates their status? Right. Will you, will you rephrase that for me in your words? Well, can you share a movie that you've seen recently that you fell in love with that you thought it was brilliant or an incredible film? Yeah. Knives out. Okay. When you tell a friend, I have a feeling that you told someone about it. Dude, I, I forced my I forced my brother. I was like, "You're coming to my house. We're sitting down. We're probably you have to watch this damn thing. It's amazing, incredible, yeah, great, it was great, great film. Duly noted. You told him and you, anyone else because you knew with certainty that them experiencing the film would make them feel good, and then they would think back to you to and you know you've increased your social capital with them because it's a positive checkmark. Oh, he recommended something. I listened to him. I did it. And I'm getting positive feedback. So Cossum just goes up one notch in my books, increasing status. Right. The, the more certainty you have that the other person will have a positive experience, the more you're going to want to share it. And we, this is how we all do everything. This is why things go viral. If it's a funny video and we know people are going to laugh at it, we're going to share it. If, if we, the more certainty we have around the fact that our status will increase, the more we want to share the thing. So if you are designing your service around creating awe or remarkability or something that you know will make someone smile where they want to tell someone else because they want the other person to have the same experience because it will elevate their status to tell somebody that's how i think about all of this that's how we design our events dude that's actually why you're on this podcast because I went to your event and I was like, oh my God, like I have to tell Ralph, Ralph's a speaker. He's been to every event in the world. He knows them inside and out. 
and I wanted to tell other people because it makes me feel like I'm important now that I'm the conduit through which this information is being delivered. That's so good. Thank you. But it had to be. And and Ralph mentioned making it better. And I think that's important. I also think it's even more important to make it different. Mm. The more different it is, the more remarkable it is. This is very Seth Godin, Purple Cow, for anyone who's read that book. Speaking of Seth Godin, I know you've got a great Seth Godin story. And uh, I'm really excited to hear how you got Seth Godin to speak at your very first event without any introduction, 100% cold pitch. You didn't know the guy. He didn't know you. And I want you to tell that story right after this quick break. Hey, guys, it's Kasim here. And... I'm so sorry to be the doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a bit of a wake-up call for you. We've been talking a lot about how the iOS thing has advertisers flying blind, sprinkling in the rising cost of ads and supply chain issues. I think we have a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. And the bad news is a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. The good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out even stronger. That's why it's important to focus on the things that you can control. Tighten up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, and do more testing. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. Welcome back to Perpetual Traffic. We're here with Giovanni Marcico of Archangel. And we've been talking about a lot. Like I, I feel like in a really mm. short span of time, we've traveled across yeah. a number of different topics. But the one we want to hear about now, Gio, is how did you get Seth Godin to speak at your very first event? He didn't know you. You didn't know him. You didn't have any introductions. What, 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 what do you do in that instance? So it's the beginning of 2016. And I just quit real estate and said, I'm going all in with Archangel. I want to do a large scale event. So over a thousand people. I have the venue. It's an amazing theater, holds 2000 people. And I think the the only way to actually pull this off is to have some key big named speakers that people would recognize. And one of my, you know, marketing heroes is Seth Godin. I've followed him for 20 years and I thought, okay, I want him to speak. How the heck do I invite him? I don't know him. And usually I go through introductions where I know someone knows both of us. And I didn't have that at the time. The only thing I knew is that he's strange in that he reads all of his emails. And I thought, this is the only asset I have. So I can email him. And what do I say that would get him to say yes? And this is exactly what I said. Hi, Seth, I'm your biggest fan. And I know you've heard that a million times. I've also read all of your books, and I know you've heard that a million times. Here's what you haven't heard a million times. I want to show you how I am your success story and your case study and how your books, not only have they helped me, but I've applied your wisdom to create what I've created to create this awesome business that has led me to producing this event. And I think it would be epic to come full circle for you to speak at the event that only exists because I've been your student. And I went to a bit more detail, but that was the the paradigm. And his response was, how do I say no to this? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dude, that's brilliant. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's fabulous. That's it, so cool. It was, uh, I mean, let's, let's deconstruct that just a bit. So you're, you're, you know, you're obviously you're layering on credibility. Like I know who you are and obviously everything that you've taught I've absorbed. 
and there's like some the the twist there is like there's a little bit of an ego gratification that we're kind of going after like human nature you know one of the 16 desires that and go ahead and because well you know i the reason why this event actually exists is because of me it's like there's an ego fulfillment from that perspective well it's not so it's, it's like, not just that and because I, I asked myself the most important question which is what does seth actually want right so i i couldn't have offered just the speaker fee which i i you know i was like i'll pay whatever your fee is that to mm -hmm. me that wasn't enough and it had to be well, something like to travel too, right? So there's right. actually he, right. like a repellent to him right. going yeah. anywhere. Flying. He doesn't like flying and he would have had to fly to Toronto. And the, what I realized is that someone like him who is very successful, well-known in his world, has, has been around for decades. The thing that matters most to him is the realization that his work matters. In that fact. all of the blood, sweat, and tears, all of the failures, all of the stress has had an impact. And I figured if I can showcase the fact that his work has mattered, and not only in my life, but in the thousands of people that I've impacted, and then the thousands that each of them are impacting, that he would, it, he would have a form of fulfillment. And I wanted to be that case study for him. And that's how that relationship started. Since then, he's spoken at a bunch of other stuff that we've done. And now we have relationship, but that's how it started. That's so cool. How did how did that very first talk go? Did, was that was it rote routine out of the box, or did you feel like that was something special that he he brought to the table? Oh, he's magical. Yeah, <laughs> it was like people like him, you know. And at that event, we had him, we had Gary Vaynerchuk, we had Robin Sharma. Figuring we needed to have we needed to stack the speaker lineup with well known people, and that's how it started. The shift now has gone to more about the community aspect that that you've talked about because that's how we built the community to start with giving people something to come to. And, you know, I have this thing that people will come to you for a transformation, but they'll stay forever for community. So they'll want a problem solved at the beginning, or they'll want to get further down their path or to learn something or to see something that they want. And if you introduce them to other people like them on the same journey, they will stay forever. Mm. The interesting thing about your community, Gio, and I'm sure you've heard this before, a ton of the people in the crowd anywhere else would have been on stage. Right. Like a ton of the folks that were in the audience. And actually, I saw this with Stu McLaren. Stu's been a hero of mine for a while. I followed him for a long time. I don't know him personally. He's at your event. And normally, people who are speaking, they you know they fly in that morning. They go. They get up on stage. They do the Q&A. If they've got the VIP dinner, they do that. And then they get out. Stu was sitting in the audience taking notes. And like going to school on, you know, everything that was going on. I thought that was really impactful. That said a lot. Thank you. Yeah, that's one. Basically, everyone who was on stage stayed for the entire event. Yeah, it just speaks to why community is so important. And like Ralph said, we've beat this drum before at PT. And I think we're only going to end up beating it harder. I think traffic is getting more expensive. I think visibility is getting more difficult. And you can't just be in front of somebody one time with one transactional offer. You know, nobody's ever had a relationship with a vending machine. There's no vending machine ever in the world that somebody's fallen in love with. And you've never like gone out of your way or taken a different route or, you know what I mean? Like if there's a closer vending machine, but what's funny about that, I know it's, it's kind of an absurd analogy. Most people in my experience are treating their business like a vending machine. If you give me this thing, then I'll give you that thing and we're done. Thank you so much. Shake hands, move on. And without an elevated way of thinking, I think that vending machine business is, it's the most dangerous business to run. Because it's so easy to tip over a vending machine. And now you have insight to me as a 16-year-old. 
<laughs> I think that's it's very transactional. And when you flip the model to being all about relationship, where the primary focus is on the people you serve and the journey they're on and what they need to get further down their path, the vending machine is one of the tools that brings them further down their path. They may not need the vending machine anymore, but mm -hmm. if your primary focus is on their path and your relationship with them as their guide on the journey, like I, I think of all of us as tour guides. Have you ever been on in, in a different city and you take like, I don't know, a double-decker bus tour or, or a tour of the city with a tour guide with a microphone kind of thing? Yeah. And you can tell the difference of the, the tour guides who have a ton of experience because they've done the tour 10,000 times and they know the intricate nitty gritty secrets of the city. I, the way I, I look at business is that our clients want to go from where they are to where they want to be and they don't know the path and they need a tour guide. They're in a different city. That's how it feels like for them. And they want certainty and predictability and trust and confidence from someone who's given the tour 10,000 times. And it's more about the tour, like the, the journey and the path and the transformation and you as their guide. And then the, the service or the product or, or the vending machine are part of the tools that get them to where they want to go so that if you have to switch tools, it doesn't matter. The path is always the same. Like in, we were known as an events company, but we started memberships in like 2019 and masterminds and coaching all these things to focus on the community and, and the relationship. And when 2020 happened, if we were only an events company, we would have been in serious trouble. It didn't affect us at all. If anything, it actually helped us because we can focus more on the community component. So now I think the change that you saw at the most recent event that we had was that it was a, a family reunion energy for many people that were on Zoom calls for years and had never met in person because we focus on relationship and community. And we can pivot and shift as much as we want with different offers, different tools, different products, as long as we primarily focus on them, where they are and where they want to go and how we can get them there faster. How does someone do this if, if they're really just starting out? And I know you mentioned before, like edification was one of your strategies. Like somebody just trying to get started, like this is great from a, like for Kasim and I, it's like, this is exactly where we're at in our stage of our journey. Well, what, you know, if somebody's just starting out though, it's a little bit different. Like where do you begin, I guess it's like, and how did you start it? Obviously you had the strategic coach background, which is certainly helpful, but what would you, what advice would you give to a, a beginner just trying to do this and ultimately get somewhat you know, what you have at this point. I think, and this is the advice I give to a lot of people who are in that place where they're starting something brand new and they may not have clarity. I, I will say that I, I see this progression of, of what I call four currencies that are, aren't money. And I, you know, over the past 10 years, I've been studying success patterns and, and what are the through lines for people that I know who have built big brands and build, have, have built big reputations. And the four currencies are time, gift, relationships, and reputation. And what I say to people is at the beginning, the currency you have in most abundance is time. Even if you feel like you don't, you do. You all, all of us have the same amount of hours. And if you invest the time to build your gift, which is the value that you're creating for other people and figuring out who you want to give the gift to and to give them the time in exchange for 
elevating your gift, like the transformation or the promise or the value creation or the service you're doing and giving it as much as possible to collect case studies and stories, but also to build your capability so that you're starting to build your confidence in whatever that thing is. And by doing so, you're trading in your gift for relationships, making it less transactional and more about deepening and building relationships. And the more relationships you collect as a currency, the more you build your reputation. So at the beginning, it's how do I gift my time to as many people as possible to create transformations for them? Now, I did it in the form of an event where I said, you know, come first, pay me later. It could also be in the form of sitting down with someone and, and, and advising them in some way as a gift. But in exchange for the case study or the story or in exchange for hearing how they're speaking. And I can tie this back to traffic and marketing. The best marketing I've ever written was the language that I collected from people I spoke to. I was writing copy that was words that they were using. So here's an example, right? So I'll speak to someone, or I spoke, I, I still do this, by the way. I still try to have as many conversations as I can to keep sharp on language and words people are using, especially if it's stuff I wouldn't have thought of. So, and then to look for patterns amongst different people to say, oh, this phrase keeps coming up. So one phrase in my world that kept coming up was, I am tired of being a best kept secret. I want to go from best kept secret to household name. I would have never said those things in copy, but it kept coming up. And now when I use it in copy, it's like, yes, that's exactly what I want. It's like you read my mind. It's like, no, I didn't actually read your mind. I just spoke to a lot of people like you. <laughs> and I paid attention to the words they were using. So at the beginning, how many conversations can you have with the people you desire to help where it's a complete gift to them? You are gifting your time to them. And it's never a waste of time because you are collecting the most valuable data ever and you're starting to build relationship. Like imagine someone wants to, I'll, I'll make up a funny one. Someone wants to be a, a coach. Let's make a generic one, a coach. And you want to coach a very specific type of person. Maybe it's chiropractors. So you want to coach chiropractors and it's new to you. So you speak to a hundred chiropractors to understand where they're at, where they want to be, where they feel stuck in getting to that place, looking for the through lines and the, and the patterns in their language. And then when you have enough of that data, you think, oh, wow, look at this. They all want this one specific thing. And now you go, you have a relationship because you've gifted your time. You go back to all hundred of them saying, hey, I'm launching a pilot program that gets you from A to B. I need 10 people right now to be part of this program. Are you interested? You already know what they want. And now you can gift that and you can start from that place to get case studies. And you, it's, you're constantly co-creating with the people you want to serve in terms of where they are, where they want to be, and how you can help them get there. And you don't even have to be the one who delivers the thing. If, if they say, yeah, you know what, the thing I need most is this technology thing, then you can go out to the technology person and be the connector for them and profit from that. Because the key thing for you is the relationships. And you keep bringing people further down their path, always asking what they need. And then you become the fiduciary. You become the trusted source for getting them what they need faster. Bringing this back to advertising and marketing, I, I think 
one of the keys and one of the parts of the process that that we use and and some of the best ad copy, some of the best messaging comes from like you do it as an interaction with individuals. Like when we do it as an ad agency, we do this in our research phase where we go back through all of the reviews, back through everything, literally download every review for the product on Amazon we could ever get competition, listen to customer service calls, interview the CEO, dissect the sales page, like go into Google reviews and find out what the common language is. And you're, the stuff that you think, I, I think the way that advertising and marketing has, has fundamentally changed, especially now because of algorithm changes and everything else, all the things that we talk about here on the show, is the thing that's fundamentally changed is what you're talking about right here is more important now than it ever was. And because all the tips and tricks and all those things that you could do a year or two ago or three years ago are now no longer here. They're no longer novel. Now all the platforms have you know the same targeting tools in essence, whether it's Google, Facebook, you name it. The point is, is the messaging and speaking to that person, that avatar, that, that your target market and the words that they use it's like it's universal when we look at all of our best performing direct response ads on the top of the funnel it comes back to that and it tells the story or at least discovers the pain point or the problem that's in the way of the ultimate desire but it uses their language and that's where it really gets powerful and it's not the thing that like our copywriter would ever think of because the research shows you know language that's completely different but that's the thing that really resonates I had a major shift in conversion and in using copy that really works when I discovered that I was talking about the solution too much and talking about me too much. And when I shifted everything to making it all about them so that they felt resonance and it felt like, oh, wow, he's talking about me, that energy, that's when the attention grew and i think a lot of us we we rush to the solution because whatever our thing is we know it's helpful and we want to help people and they don't care they they because they think well this yeah. isn't for me if, if you don't get attention through the resonance first and alignment in language to, to make them feel understood where they feel like you really know their pain or you really get them it's hard for them to know about the solution and so many marketers fall into that trap. I mean, go to any website on the internet. It's it's never about, well, in some rare cases, it is about the person that you serve, what's in it for them, their problem, their desire. I was watching like the chat books video the other day, and it was like an example of this. That's the one where the, you know, the woman sort of, you know, we'll leave a link in the show notes. But anyway, it's a, it's a great video by the Harmon brothers where it talks about this woman's sort of average daily life and how her kids are she's got a crazy life and she can't capture all of the th crazy things that they do because she's too damn busy she's got three kids and they're running around the house and they're doing all these crazy things and the entire video the entire message is we understand you we get you we get that time is passing by. Time is the enemy. Your kids are getting, you know, are not getting any younger. Like they're, 
the thing they did today, it's fleeting. You're never going to capture that. And then, oh, by the way, our product, Chatbooks, actually captures that. It's like the magazine of your life delivered every single month. And there's the solution. But if you came in and said, hey, we're the magazine of your life. Like we do, we create, you know, photo albums for you. Like who cares? Like for $6 a month, they're automatically created. Great. That's the way most marketers would do it. This video is all about like, what is it? And it's a hysterical video. But the point is like, it's all about like their problems and everything that they're going through. Like, not just like their demographics and like where they live and everything. It's obviously they're gearing it towards like a, you know, a mom of three kids, you know, suburban life, everything. It's about how they're thinking, how they're feeling, how their average day is, like what their frustrations are. And oh, by the way, our product helps you solve that. If you can reverse engineer that and think differently about that, and it's exactly what you're saying here. Like you are so many steps ahead of all the other marketers out there. Exactly. Well done. So we've left this as an open loop a bit too long, I think, because <laughs> Kasim is dying to ask you this question. How do you actually double your pricing? <laughs> So it's a strategy I call, we're in this together. And this is what I advise my clients to do. So let's say they have a service that is $2,000 and they've done it enough times where they know they can up it to 4,000, but they have anxiety around charging the new rate. They feel comfortable charging 2,000. This is what I tell them to, to say. So imagine this is my service and cost them your, my potential client. And I want to charge you the 4,000 rate. I would say, cost them, listen, um, I want to help you. I know I can help you. I can help you get to X, Y, Z. Now the, the price of my program is $4,000, but because, and then I give a reason why, whatever the reason that makes the most sense, because Ralph introduced me to you and you know, I want to help you or w whatever the reason why is you put some kind of reason why that's honest. You say, here's what I want to do for you pay a deposit of $2,000. Now I'm going to pause here for a sec. 2000 is what you're used to charging and you're comfortable charging that. That's now the deposit. And you say, then we're going to work together. And only when you get to the transformation that you want or the outcome that you want, you pay the balance of 2000. That way you're invested with your deposit and I'm extra invested to make sure you get the transformation and we're in this together. And you do it enough times where you get collect enough success stories, then you're comfortable at that new 4,000 rate. So the original price is the deposit. So now you're, you're already good because you have what you would have collected before. And now you work extra hard to create a mind-blowing transformation for someone, get them the result, like essentially getting a, a case study or a success story. And then they pay the balance after. So it's like a, it's the Dean Jackson idea on steroids. That's brilliant. That's good. That's a nugget. <laughs> that is a nugget, 100%. It, it is like almost what you did, but you're still, you're hedging a bit. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, a, you know, it's a risk reversal on their part for sure. But, you know, you're still leveraging, like you're, you're on the hook to deliver the results no matter what. And that's the most important part. Hmm. What comes and after then, the payment, right? So, yeah, to me, that's the marketing thing. And so all of this kind of ties in. It's a shift in paradigm here. I think as businesses just think about like, what can I get? Well, you know what you I'm thinking I mean? about? It's as a short-sighted way of thinking. 
the thing that always bugs me is how much money I make everybody else. I don't make any money for myself outside <laughs> of my little fee. You know what I mean? Like, it, and, and, and I, I, I'm not to be petulant, but I, I have friends that run participation agencies. Ed Leak is one of them. Scott Cunningham's another. And they take a percentage of the revenue. And I've never had the spine to ask for that ever in my entire life. But I'm thinking now using Geo's deal to say, hey, look, my fee is two parts. I've got the management fee and then I have my participation fee. You pay me the management fee up front just, just for my time, just to do the work. And then once I get you to this ROAS, this TCPA, this CAC, this LTV, whatever it is, the, the agreed upon key performance indicator, then I want this other thing, this participation. And I bet you, and I'm trying not to be aggressive here or hyperbolic, but man, I think I could double my revenue with something like that. You know, because even if it only works with 25% of the clients, the high performing campaigns, man, some of them like fly. And if I got out ahead of that and said, look, if this happens, I would like, you know, a small piece of the pie. And interestingly, I could share that with my staff. We'd be more motivated on the inside. Like, I think that becomes a win, win, win. It really is. We're all in this together. Exactly. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I think I got to send you a check. Dude, this was awesome. Do you have your own podcast, Gio? I know you have your show. We have, so yes, we did the first season. It's up on YouTube and iTunes. We're going to do more next year. The, the bigger focus is on films. So we're starting to produce our second film and super excited about that. We, we, we started shooting at the Changemaker event. So some of the people who were on stage, we pulled them into an interview room, started doing some oh, interviews. Cool. We, we try to be efficient. So if we're doing an experiential thing, how many things can we use it for? So we'll film our movies at the same time as producing live events. That's brilliant. And your first film, just for our listeners, because we talked about this before recording, you won three Emmys. Correct. Meant to launch, the pandemic hit, kind of hurt the launch. So you, you had a digital launch that I think really blew up, right? And it's called it's called Dreamer. The film is called Dreamer. It'll come out on different platforms end of this year. The premise was people who've had big dreams to impact lives and have actually made the dreams come true. Six different stories for that. And yeah, we we wanted to do a lot of things in 2020 that couldn't happen. So we thought, okay, people are struggling right now. What can we do? And we gifted the film. We said, listen, for a week, you could watch it for free, but you just have to opt in. We had over 100,000 people opt in. We had people saying, I've watched this 10 times with my children, and it's the best thing we've ever seen, and your movie changed my life. And that I didn't expect any of that stuff, especially the, I watched it with my kids, which to me is the best part of all of the feedback. And it, it excited me to the point of, I, you know, making movies was another childhood dream of mine. And now that we're doing this, it's another, another crazy dream come true. So we're going to do a lot more of them where we want to showcase the stories of actual humans impacting a lot of humans and not just the fictional superheroes. I love that, man. And then not to be the Giovanni Marcico shill, but you've got a mastermind. Tell us a bit about the mastermind, if you don't mind. Yeah. So we have a few different memberships based on where people are at in their entrepreneurial path. But if you're doing, let's say, over a million in revenue and you want to impact a lot more lives, it's called Archangel Council. And that's the private thing that you were at as a guest. And it's for people like us who are doing really big things and still kind and humble and not egotistical jerks. Well, shocked me about that, and I won't name drop as tempting as it is, but the people in that room, dude, were like people I, you know, people you know, yeah. and you've cultivated like a hell of a sculpted group. It was it was really impressive. It was fun to be a part of. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome.
Yeah, that was awesome. Gio, where can people find you? Right now, Instagram is my favorite, at gifted with Gio, and then archangel.cc. Okay. This has been one of my favorite interviews of all time. I'm just going to say yes. that now. Wow. And throw it out there. We've got to have you back, man. I just feel like you have so much wisdom to share. I, I loved everything that you that you threw out. So thank you very much for gifting us with your time. Um, grateful. And if you're listening, we want to hear from you. We want to be the number one marketing podcast on the planet earth. And we can't do that without feedback. And so if you have something that you feel like we can do better, or if you have other topics you want to hear about, or if you have other people you want us to interview, go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better and tell us about it. And we promise we're listening. A lot of what you're hearing now, a lot of the speakers that you're hearing now are coming from your feedback. Please don't forget to leave a rating. That's what juices the algorithm for us. It's how iTunes knows that people actually like to listen to us. So if we've provided you with any amount of value whatsoever and it's worth two minutes of your time, hop in, give us five stars, say something lovely. Don't forget to follow Ralph at Ralph HB. Kasim at Kasim Aslam on Twitter. Go back, listen to previous episodes. There's gems in there as evidenced by LinkedIn and the fact that we're in the top 15 all marketing podcasts of all time. And uh, go back and listen to previous episodes, all the resources and show notes that we referred to here at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my lovely co-host, Ralph Burns, peace. <laughs> Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 